gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogue and Johns with you with a preseason game in the books and a quick turnaround to another one Thursday night in That's Seattle. tough. That's just... It's dumb. Dangerous. I mean, at I least the roster's da- I think bigger. Da- I think it's... Yeah, I think it's dangerous in the regular season. Maybe the extra danger goes with you don't want your guys to actually play much in this game to begin with. Maybe, but it's just like, I don't know... It, Stupid. We don't, we don't have to spend it's, too much time on it. it. The big reason is, for those that don't know, Thursday night's game is technically going to be an ESPN Monday night football game. So there aren't Monday night games during the preseason. So this is how they're doing their run through. Um, you know, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman are calling the game. The new Monday night crew, they're going to have their whole team out there. But it put the Bears in a situation where they're playing... I just don't understand. You have three preseason games over like a six-week. Like how much time is there from July 27th to September 11th? And you're going to play two of the three preseason games in five days. It just seems And weird. travel across the country. Yeah. I don't know. Seems weird. Um, but the downside is, as we learned today, Johnsy, that uh, it sounds like Justin Fields and company are only going to play about six to ten plays. It's fine. So take that, Joe Buck. Who had nothing to do with scheduling this game. You take that. Jeez. So take that and think about that for a little bit. Poor Joe Buck. I know. I feel bad for him. No, you don't. I like Joe. Joe's hilarious, actually. All right. Well, welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns. I actually have some few uh, business items to uh, get to right off the top. One is we have voicemails coming up. We opened up the voicemail line, and our producer can't put them together together for you coming up here. The other is got notified by the great people over at Obvious Shirts, Joe, Devin, the whole crew. Everything's back in stock. I know you guys have been waiting for it, especially the hats. They're back, baby. Yo, everything's there's a shortage on everything in the world right now, so apologies that it took so long, but the Walking Bear hoodies... T-shirts, the snapback hats are awesome. I should have been wearing mine right now. That would have been better advertising, but I am not doing that. So that's bad advertising. Regardless, they're available for you at obviousshirts.com. Instead, here's our foreheads. Yes, instead you can. Mine's looking pretty good, though. I don't know where your hair is going and stuff, but. I got a haircut. You need those? No. What, haircuts? <laughs> Who am I, Kevin Fishbane? Oh, I got confused. You're right. The fish man. <laughs> Who missed the Ladarius Mac joke today? <laughs> Shout out to whoever walked by the media uh, stands. And I, what I think he just yelled out, hey, what number's Ladarius Mac wearing? And everybody was confused because I looked around looking for you and Kevin and you weren't there. 
You weren't confused though. You you knew exactly what that joke meant. Oh, I got it, but no one else did. That was sitting up there, and I was looking for you know support from you and Kevin, and you guys weren't there. Sometimes the best jokes are inside jokes, even ones that we share with just our podcast listeners. Yeah, I just I a lot people were looking around like, well, he's not on the team anymore, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to get those subscriptions. I am at allchgo.com. You can sign up right now, 50 cents for your first month. And new Bears Things newsletter dropping in your inbox tomorrow morning if you go sign up right now. Talk to Luke Getze, Johnsy. You may have heard of him, the offensive coordinator. Questions again for yep, the Q&A? He- Yep, did the five questions with Luke Getze. Give me, yeah. give me a fun one. Oh, you no, want the okay? I want the, give me the fun one. Yes. Look up. You don't have to do this right now, but our listeners can look up. Do you know the story of him in the 2005 MAC championship game? Yeah. When he was Akron's quarterback, they won the MAC championship. Yep. On a touchdown throw from Luke Getze with 17 seconds left. And I asked oh, him. I'm supposed to know the receiver, right? Oh, I don't even no. know who the receiver no. is. No. What I was going to say is I just asked him. About it? About it. I asked him what the play call was, and he knew the whole thing. Like, right out of his head, he could picture the whole thing. It was cool. Okay. So that's going to be in the newsletter. And then there's some good stuff on Tevin Jenkins and uh, this guy named Justin Fields you may have heard of. Mm, so we'll That's all the newsletter soon. tomorrow morning. Check it out. All right. You guys have been asking for it. And Nate Tice is with us today. Not quite, because we're going to do the voicemails first. But everybody heard when Nate was out of practice a couple weeks ago, they wanted him on immediately. We heard you. But we also knew it was Friday, and we wanted to go hang out with our families. So uh, we waited a little bit. Nate Tice will be on today. A lot of good stuff with him. But the voicemails were hot for the preseason. Probably a little too hot, let's be honest. It is a preseason game, but we'll do this again on Thursday. Uh, Without further ado, your voicemails from the Bears-Chiefs preseason game. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! All right, boys. Tom from San Antonio. Two minutes left in the first half. 7-0 Chiefs. Five punts from Trenton Gill. Four completed passes from Justin Fields. I'm excited to see what the season brings. We're into some big guys. Bear down. I'm not going to lie. I think Trenton Gill right now has been the best player on the field today. He is dropping punts in, getting him inside the five. He's got the back spin, the popping in the air. I'm going to tell you what, this guy's going to get a lot of work this year. He looks really good. I might be premature because I'm saying this um, midway through the game, but I did just watch Dominique Robinson uh, hustle his damn mind off. Is this the first time more than half of a Bears draft class has looked good in 
preseason or showed out in preseason. I don't remember this. I don't know. I don't remember what it's like to have more than one draft pick look half decent. It's weird. What's up, Adams? Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about Kevin Jenkins, but from what I'm seeing, he's uh, not not looking too good. So pretty sure every play he's he's been and he's gotten beat um, and a penalty. So might as well just get him out of the game. He's only hurting us. Oh, John, to be honest, Fields makes the Pro Bowl. My girlfriend's in the bathroom talking. She's saying okay sarcastically. I don't know why. I think we win a Super Bowl. If Fields keeps throwing like this, Tajay Sharp might be our best receiver. I'm telling you. Okay, his name's not Tajay Sharper. You got anything to add, Jay? Bear. All I have to say, it's a first preseason game, and it looks, ah, okay, just another practice. All right, Jay from Connecticut, bear down. Hey, okay, Dan. Hey, Justin Fields looks good today. Right side of the O-line, no good. Get him out of there. Mooney is money. Tase Sharp, sign him up. Give him in fantasy. All right, go Bears. Ten, ten, six. New Year, same old f***ing Bears. Hey guys, Matt from New Lenox. I, I, I have to ask, um, is is running a screen game that hard? I don't know if I've ever seen a franchise go decades where they cannot execute one positive screen. It's just mind-boggling. Hey, boys, Jack Fanborn, INT, fumble recovery, Roquan just standing on the sidelines looking scared. Looks like we found our replacement, guys. Hey, old Bears. Honestly, after today, 17-0. Playoff, not even a question. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bears. Super Bears. Was that one guy's... You could hear the, the girlfriend actually in the bathroom talking in the background. Yeah. Yeah, you First. could. And then the, you know... New Year, same old f***ing Bears. <laughs> that just seems unhealthy to be that angry about a preseason <laughs> game. Yeah. Not one about the field. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I like the Trenton Gill calls. Um, while accurate... That the draft picks all look pretty good. Um, I will. The question was in there, you know, when's the last time a draft class looked this good in the preseason? And I immediately thought of 18. I'm sorry, 17. 2017. When Mitch was balling out in his first preseason game, Tariq Cohen looked great. Eddie Jackson looked great. I think Tanner Gentry was on that team. He wasn't a draft pick, though. Adam Shaheen was a draft pick. Did you see what happened to Adam Shaheen this week? He was traded and then didn't pass his physical, and now he's on IR. Yeah, then they just were like, okay, we're done with you for the year. Sounds like an injury settlement, soon to be. Uh, Speaking of IR, Bears have some unfortunate news with IR, but Doug Kramer, the, the guy who's been splitting reps with Sam Mustafer at center, uh, he is on IR. Put him on Rookie on. from Illinois. Sixth round pick. Yes. Illinois and Hinsdale Central. Yes. Very now, good Adam Johns. 
I I was surprised he was actually getting so much early work as he was. I think a lot of that was out of necessity. He seemed like somebody to me who, from the point they drafted him, was destined for the practice squad. Now, you'd still much rather have him out there practicing, obviously, for you on the practice squad than on IR. Um, but he'll still be able to be around and kind of get a mental year. Yeah, he'll get another shot next year. He'll be around yeah. the team. But um, meetings. The Bears are getting tested a little bit on that interior O-line. She'll see a lot of Dieter Eilson out there. Against the Seahawks? Against the Seahawks, I think. No, well, let's start by looking at Tevin Jenkins, your, your new starting right guard. Well, right, but someone's got to play center after Sam Mustafer. Oh, that's true. You're talking right in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to see what Tevin can do at right guard, though. Yes. So, but why Something don't we save that? Noteworthy. Why don't people want to hear about Nate Tyson? Let's save the Tevin conversation. I think for the end. Um, so, our guy Nate was out at Bears practice. He's seen the preseason game. He has thoughts not only on the Bears but a bunch of Bears opponents too. He got to see up close and personal. Personnel, personnel. A lot of good stuff from Nate here. So here he is, our friend Nate Tyson. <laughs> Okay, time now to... Br- what were you about to drink? Espresso. Oh, you can do I, that. I do that all I the time. I just made one. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've had people bust my balls a little bit. They're like, did you just do a shot of something? It's just espresso. It's a shot yeah. of espresso. Not, not, I don't get like loose before I go on a podcast. <laughs> you can't hear if you want. <laughs> I know. Actually, yeah. I feel like, you know, I've got a former Badger on here. It's more like you know, encouraged as opposed to disappointed. <laughs> wrinkle my nose. Well, I think that should all just be part of the intro. So here he is, Nate Teich, is doing a <laughs> shot of espresso. <laughs> Right here on the show. I love it. Um, that when we do our early morning episodes, that's literally what I do Like as we start. And then sometimes I actually forgot to take it like before we actually start recording. So our friends on YouTube watching see that, which is fine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We yeah. all have our PEDs. And that's it. That's it. It's, it's just a little caffeine. It's yeah. Also, it's if it was bourbon, that's fine, too. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I had a local station here in Vegas, uh, uh, more gambling. Of course, it's gambling oriented. And I, I get on there and literally as I'm starting, I do the shot and I could see the producer because he was still on screen. Like go like, like he's muted and he goes, hey, did you just see that? Like he thought I did. <laughs> I was like, it's 630 in the morning. What do you think I just drank there? Like that was not, that's not what you think, think it was. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I love how excited our listeners got when they heard you were coming out to Bears camp for a day. They were immediately like, we need a post-practice show with Nate oh. right there. And we're like, come on, man. It's Friday. We got we got other things to do. But uh, right. uh, we decided, all right, well, we, we know what you saw. Well, we're going to hear about what you saw from your time at Bears camp. You also went and saw the Packers and the Vikings. Um, yes. But then you also, we thought it makes sense for you to have a preseason game on your belt to look at as well. So anyway, thanks for jumping on with us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciated you guys kind of showing me the ropes at a, being on the other side of the ropes, I guess is a good way to put it. Being on the media side at House Hall and kind of, you know, Okay, can I go here, or do I get everyone give me the side eye right here? And then you guys showed me the sweet spot, the the cool kids club in the stands. That was really <laughs> nice. The the corner, but a nice breeze. Yeah, that was great. That was definitely needed. I went to the Vikings practice, and I, I was like, oh, I forgot about humidity. I, I've been getting, I've been really really spoiled with dry heat the last couple of years here in Vegas. So yeah, so I appreciate you guys showing me the ropes on the media side while I was there in Chicago. Back row of the stands up top. Got to get that breeze behind all the fans. It was perfect. It was perfect. We did have we did have a 
uh, interesting fan interaction where someone was trying to ruin our day and then <laughs> didn't did. even, but didn't even get the right person, which actually makes it so much better, which, which made it more comical than it should have been. Yes. Yeah, some, uh, heckling from fans was delivered the completely wrong way yep. it was a, some someone thought you were me which was which was great it was which too was great, great. And that was, was so oh do you i think because her question was oh or do you have a show and i think i answered i do but i don't think it's the one you're thinking about <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a different tall white guy standing back here <laughs> yeah exactly so not John. who happens to be right to your right oh come on so not John. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh football let's get the justin fields is 18 snaps okay <laughs> yeah yep. right. first of all let's go back to the day you were at practice which was like yeah two fridays ago what did oh. you uh what stood out to you just um in terms of what the bears were doing we talked a lot in the stands that day just yeah. the, about the coaching yeah and that was really what was so cool to me was you go to, you, I've been around the practices I've been around myself and my dad, and I've been a lot of coaching, uh, college co- coaching stops. So college coaching is where I got more kind of like what other people do because it's, I visited there. NFL, I'm not, if you're with the team, like if I'm with the Raiders, it's not like the 49ers are going like, come on over, you know, check out how we practice. So it was really cool for me to see these different styles of NFL coaching. And I was so like encouraged, I think is a good word by Iberflus and the rest of the staff, especially the offensive side of the ball, but just how much they're emphasizing things as far as teaching. I thought it was a really good collection of teachers out there, how they just structured the practice. There's no fat. There's no wasted time. And I don't mean like everything was frantic. I just mean like, hey, it was very professional. I think that's the best way to put it. It was very professionally ran. And I, I kind of said to you guys, I was like, yeah, they might not have overwhelming talent this year, but at least they're gonna, I think these guys will give them a chance. Like if they do get the right guys in place, and who knows what guys they tab. But it was really encouraging for me to like just see that a lot of teaching happening out there. How to practice as a pro because that only helps you play if you practice. If you're wasting so much time with stuff that doesn't matter, and guys are you know wasting a play because two coaches were off script, you know because the guy didn't have the details right, or hey we're going from drill to drill. And the offensive line coach is using a different cadence than the quarterback is using. So that an offensive line goes up there. And I know I'll talk about the cadence in a sec, but just those little details I thought were really, really cool. I really, I was really encouraged by the Bears coaches. It's that, yeah, they may not have those dynamic personalities where, you know, the McVeighs of the world where they're winning every press conference and everything like that. But it was, it was teaching. It was actual teaching and coaching happening at the Bears practice I was at. I, I was really, I thought that was a really cool little snapshot of what they're trying to do, I think. So you go from San Francisco yes. to the Bears, to Green Bay, to Minnesota. There's another stop in there. We'll leave that out for Adam Hogue. But you go through all those four spots, and that's the shanahan McVeigh tree, in, in yep. a sense. Is it not? So like, what are you seeing that strikes you as similar, a bit it, different? It's these... It's the Gen X older millennial coaches getting in. <laughs> that's yeah. what it kind of is. It's it's they understand we're pros, and that's what's that's a great observation. Though all those stops have some Shanahan influence, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Kevin O'Connell, they I was talking to Vikings guys, you know, Vikings PR guys, because it's the same guys when my dad was there, which was really nice for me. But I'm talking to them, and I'm like, man, they're just really low key and chill, and they're like, it, it's we're waiting for them to pop. Like we haven't heard anyone yell. And I'm not saying that like, oh, that's that means you're better. But I think it's an understanding that we're in the NFL. It's pros. 
And so we should treat them like professionals. Hey, it's teaching, teaching, teaching. I think that's what it is. It's a matter of respect, I think, between players and coaches. Hey, we're trying to help you and give you tools for your toolbox. And I think it's a great thing. I, it's very, very funny. I, I very much my dad and, and even watching my dad transform over the years from the late 90s offensive line coach in Minnesota, screaming, yelling. I mean, most of his highlights are him MFing a ref and everything like that to as he got older to understanding, hey, these guys don't want to get coached that way. Some like to be coached hard, but more want to just be taught. Hey, we already made it to the freaking NFL. What do you have for me? I, I already got yelled at by my high school coach for four years <laughs> and my college coach, Alabama, for three years. Like, I don't need to get yelled at anymore. I, I'm good. Like, I'm good. So I, I think that's what it is. And that really speaks to it. It's a level of detail because I think a lot of coaching, they yell because they don't know they don't know what they're trying to talk about. So it's, I, I don't know. Like, we've been around a dad or an uncle or a grandpa that's like, you know. They just yell instead of maybe I did that. They just yell <laughs> instead of like, like, oh, I, I don't know the answer. Just just don't talk to me about that as opposed to like, no, I'm going to help you find these answers. I know this also means like small things and like theory, but it's cool. It starts on day one. You're trying to put your philosophy of what your team's going to be run like. And the fact that you're emphasizing in practice, there's only 17 games in a regular season. There's hundreds of times they're together on practice and walkthroughs. So that's what their point of emphasis is. One of the things you wrote about as you uh, kind of did a report on on the athletics so people can read what you saw in Chicago, Minnesota, and Green Bay, but uh, we also talked about this when you were out there at Hallis Hall, the emphasis on cadences. Yeah. And we've heard the coaches talk about this a lot too. Um, I think that's a big difference for Justin Fields this year. Explain to everyone why that's so important. Yeah, it, it was straight from the Packers, Cadence. So why cadence is... Based on the offensive system or the quarterback, you can put a little, little personality on it. You know, Peyton has Omaha. You know, Omaha's his cadence. What Omaha meant, and this was so so funny. All it meant was the next word I'm about to say is the live word. It, it was saying he makes all his gyrations and changes twenty plays, and then he says Omaha, ready go. That meant all the snap. The Packers' cadence is green eighty, green eighty, said hut. And I'm sure you guys we've heard it years and years and years. Uh, Aaron Rodgers using it. He weaponizes it. And what I mean by that is changing the cadence up. You can go on the quick. You can go on one, which is green 80, gritty, green 80, set hut. You can go on the short, which is green 80, green, before you even get to the set hut. You can go on the quick, which is ready, ball snap. Like you can go on two, yada, 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 or you can have a dead count. And why I thought that was so interesting was, of course, of course uh, Getsy comes from the Packers system or kind of like that offense. Okay, that makes sense. They're using that cadence. But what I saw, and this is tying into my coaching and teaching point, Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, the tight end coach, I'm blanking on his name. All these guys in drills right now, an individual, were using the same cadence and they're trying to change it up. The quarterback not only, like usually you get your cadence on day one, it's a page in the playbook. And after a while, the quarterback just goes on one or the quick. And it's like, it's just a page you go through. Okay, blah, blah, blah. We'll move on. They emphasize it. They go, no, every day we're going to practice it. And it's not just the quarterback changing it up. Everybody's got to get used to it. Offensive linemen's got to anticipate what it's going to be or hold their water and not jump. The receivers got to look at the ball and hear the cadence. They got to kind of do everything. So I, th I thought that was a really cool that they're trying to do that because what they're trying to, they're trying to get those free plays that Aaron Rodgers has made a living off of, but not, you know, no one's going to get to that level. He's like the all time great with using cadence, but get a couple cheapies. I think this offense is going to try and find to get, try and create any explosive plays they can just any way they can find them. And this is a way that they can do it. And the fact that it wasn't like I was there probably what day four or five for practice, maybe like somewhere around there. 
the fact that they were still doing it that day meant like, no, this is, they're emphasizing this. And I saw walkthroughs is, or glorified walkthroughs, those scout periods. Fields got a defense alignment to jump. He hit a deep play to Byron Pringle. It was a free, it was a free go ball. Maybe you get one or two of those. That's one or two more than you would have gotten before. And those are just cheapies that you can get. So I thought that was really interesting that the Bears were emphasizing that, like the Packers have done for the past decade. I'm glad you brought up those scout periods because I remember turning to you and being like, I don't think I've seen this yeah. this early in camp ever in my 10 years covering this team. The jerseys out there, the coach mm-hmm. out there with the cards showing everybody what to do. And I'm just like, what, what did you make of that that early and for this team, where they're at right now with Justin Fields. Again, again, tying into teaching. Uh, but that was, I thought that was really cool because I think they're they're trying to find any edge they can. They are going against the Bears defense and the Bears defense is going against the Bears offense every week. Well, you know, you get some varieties of who you play against. So whether it be weak, their week one opponent or someone down the road, they're getting those looks and more film for them to study. More, you know, coaching points that don't just happen on Wednesday and Thursday of the game week. It's more just like, Hey, we've we already established the base level. Okay. Once we play those teams, then, okay. Now we can talk about a little more detailed. And I think for a team that again, needs any edge that they can get. I love it because we, I've been in places, especially in Oakland week two of camp during walkthroughs, we would start doing cards. Hey, we're about to play the jets. You know, Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles runs this, these pressures was practice five third down pressures. But the fact that they're doing it week one and during a a real um, practice as opposed to a walkthrough means like, shoot, they're they're trying to get as many reps as they can to try and like, hey, let's teach these guys because we can do fundamentals all, all we can. All right. Let's get them ready for these games once we hit these these teams down once the season starts. Yeah. And I think that um, I, I really like Luke Getze's explanation for that after practice that day, which was, you know, the. Vikings and Packers run a different front than we do. And yeah. and that's, you know, that's four games. And while the Lions are switching more back to a 4-3, they, I think the expectation there is they're still going to have some 30 front principles in there too. So, um, you know, it's – and those aren't the only two teams on the schedule, obviously, right. that, that do yeah. that. But the fact that they're two, two big rivals in four important games on your schedule, the other thing he said – and you could probably speak to this, Nate, is just the language, the checks, the calls at the line of scrimmage change based on the front you're going up against. So they were getting fields, not only some some looks with his eyes against those fronts, but also simulating the language that needs to be yes. communicated at the line of scrimmage. When we say QB mechanics, we just think throwing, but there's also language mechanics and, and saying like getting used I can, I can in a meeting room tell you what the kill is or the alert or changing the play, blah, blah, blah. But all of a sudden when you're making sure everyone's lined up correctly and then all of a sudden you see it's 14 seconds left, 12 seconds left on the play clock, and then you got to get to another play or move a guy or check the read. And again, they're, they're stealing reps. They're going rather than keep beating our heads against the wall and, and we got 20, we got 50 reps of zone against a 4-3 team, against a four down look. All right. Well, now our offensive line has never had to communicate when there's a nose head up, and it's just and it sounds like little minor differences, but it just gives them time to practice. <laughs> it's funny. It's good. It's good practice. Like that's what it is, and isn't that what practice is about is going to like should be about? But you only have a limited amount of time now. You have less than two hours with these guys, and especially once the season starts and guys are getting beat up, 
And so, yeah, it's just getting those all uh, the center and right guard. Are, are we acing here or am I solo? And is this a single block? All of a sudden the center for the first time has to do that because now first they had a nose, you know, over his, over, over his shoulder. Now he's head up and it's a solo block now. Okay. Now the left guard's free. Just those, and it sounds, mm. oh, why don't you do that and walk through? Or why don't you tell the defense uh, to give you that look? The defense doesn't want to practice something they're never going to be in. So, you know, they don't want to waste a rep either. So you're, you're getting good reps or the Bears defense now is going against a look offense. What You know, the Vikings are going to be way different than the Packers. Even if they come from the same branching tree, they're totally different flavors. So it's just the same thing. It's like, okay, well, the Packers run this run play. Well, the Bears offense, we don't run that right now. We don't even have it installed right now. And we're not going to like waste a practice rep ones versus ones doing it. So let's get it where it's more three quarter speed. And again, this is this this was part of like why I was like really encouraged by these coaches. I was like, I understood what they're trying to do. It was like, this is teaching. This is actual coaching and teaching happening in the NFL, which is kind of fun. It's really fun to see that. That's a good point because we're all focused on what Fields is doing, but it was forgotten on the other field. Exactly, is where the starting defense is getting their scouted yep. looks in against things that the Bears' offense isn't currently doing. More work yeah. for them. Yep. More work. More, and it's not walkthrough where it's okay. Everyone's not pads. Hey, half the guys have bucket hats off and they're goofing off. It's padded. They're going probably more eighty percent, seventy five percent. But those, it's kind of like a practice rep in the season on like a Friday, like a fast Friday rep or or a Thursday red zone rep, where it's more like eighty percent. Hey, don't. No one go. Fo- no one be a hero, but like, don't walk. Like, let's let's go. It's a run through as opposed to a walk through. Don't get me started on guys goofing off during walkthroughs. I'll start losing my mind. How you doing, Coach? Oh my that- god! <laughs> Especially special teams. Drives still. me crazy. Oh, time, special time teams. Bring in the run through. <laughs> yeah, bring in the run through. That was uh. Then like turn like Penn State. Then then they what? It was a walk on. It was run on or something like that. Like oh. that was. That was that was their whole gimmick, their shtick. <laughs> oh, that that one sounds cheesy, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Go ahead, John. <laughs> I, I was letting it hang. That's why I didn't say anything. I was just letting it hang. <laughs> um, the the preseason game, eighteen snaps. It's all he got. Um, yep. They didn't produce a lot of yards. A couple good passes from Fields to Mooney, Tajay Sharp. What did you see when when you look back at the film? I. I like the mechanics stuff as far as, again, QB mechanics as far as not throwing, but the pre-snap operation. I, I thought that was a lot cleaner, or at least I could see what they were trying to do. Um, offensive line is still a little scary, <laughs> um, let's be honest. Uh, but I I was encouraged as far as I, I could see they were trying to do a little bit of everything too. They had a little quick game, they had a little bit of this, a little bit of that, kind of let them get reps at everything, him being Justin Fields. You know, it's it's hard. The Chiefs are playing their ones and Spags was Spagnola, Steve Spagnola had a basically like week eight game plan in. Holy crap, they did not make it easy. They're blitzing every down. Like it was aggressive what the Chiefs that's what by the way, sidebar. I think the Chiefs are on a war path this year. And this has been like <laughs> one of my takes this offseason is like, I think they're really pissed off. And I watching week one, I was like, yeah, they look kind of ticked off, guys. <laughs> I, uh, they were not holding anything back. So it wasn't the easiest. Usually in preseason, it's like, okay, it's three coverages. It's all really easy. Boom, boom, boom. Spags made him work for it. Um, so there's a couple times he got caught as far as pre-snap look and then post-snap picture where he, but it was great because he checked it down. And yes, there was another option out there that might've been the double or the triple and he just hit a single, but 
I'd much rather him hit a single than last year when he was trying to scramble around and getting, you know, his face mask ripped off and stuff like that. So little steps, incremental steps. I thought it was encouraging, even if it wasn't sexy. Um, there's still a couple of times where he's still trying to work back in the pocket, which you, you in the NFL, you just can't do because DNs are just too fast and they loop around. And so there's a quarterback in the pocket. I work backwards you're at, and trying to loop around. It actually helps the D end and your offensive tackle gets ticked off at you. Yeah. You have to step, you have to lean into the punch. You have to step up and then around. And I, he tried to do that once and I was like, okay, okay, that's good. Then he tried to step back on another one. And I was like, gosh, dang it, Justin, <laughs> come on, man, we can do better than this. But it was, uh, there's enough that was more encouraged as far as the processing mentally and, and all those steps that they're trying to do, even if some of it was a little underwhelming. So, um, one small thing that I've noticed is I feel like this new coaching staff is a little bit more upfront with, kind of providing explanation for things like a little bit more detail, which is nice. So a couple of things we learned just from talking to Justin after the game and talking to coaches last few days is um, one is they seemed really happy with like the pre-snap operation. And there's a lot going on in this offense with motions and, and communication and everything. So I think that that was good. We heard from Justin after the game talking about how he recognized man coverage a couple of times and made a check. Nice. Um, and yeah. Then- I, I saw two kills for sure. From him, and there might be other smaller ones, but two where he was adamant about changing one play to the next, and I was really, and it was early. It yeah. wasn't like he looked and he's hesitating to check the play. It was like the guy motioned and he checked it. So that's really cool to like kind of eye test and hearing that as well. And then the other thing Getzy offered up was that um, on the play where he slid borderline late, probably should have been a penalty, wasn't called. Uh, he skipped his second read and ran out of bailed, the pocket. He bailed out. Yeah. He yeah. bailed out too soon, and, and he thought he should have hung in there longer. So just with kind of hearing all that, does that jive with what you were seeing? That's right in line. So I'm pretty – I'm very excited to hear that. <laughs> like, it, it, I think that's what it was. I think they just want him – We it's – why I've been so excited. I call him the big game hunter with, with, with Fields, and he can do the hard stuff. And it's more just like, hey, take a walk. You know, Take four pitches. You know, and get a walk, get on base. You don't have to swing for defenses every time and find that and hunt those big plays. I like that. It's a it's a better issue to have than trying. I've, I think I said this on the show before. Than trying to eke out aggression from a quarterback and going, please throw the ball deeper. Like, please stop checking it down. So he's actually kind of like you got to almost get him back to the basics, almost like calm him down. So that's why hearing those quotes about the pre snap stuff and then okay, yeah, he bailed out, but the fact that they're cognizant of it, they're not just like going like. Well, that's Justin. It's more like, hey, no, he's got to work at that. And the fact that they're both speaking to that is really cool because, you know, that means it's a point of emphasis. And those are the things they needed to work on. So it's cool that they know that as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm encouraged. It's, it's kind of weird. It's like I don't want to like overhype it, but I'm encouraged. It's, it's just it's baby steps in, in a weird way. I want you to channel your, your inner father if you can. Put your Mike Tice hat on. And okay. uh, Tevin Jenkins – is the Bears or was today as of what today's what Tuesday? Yeah, can't practice. You I think probably so. see this Thursday against the Seahawks. He's your starting right guard. So you mentioned concerns about this offensive line. What do you think of that? Uh, Second round pick, right guard. Let's see. I I actually think it would be better for him because he is more of a mauler. And you know how many mauler tackles do you know of? Like that not. Usually those guys got have to get bumped down the guard, so it'll give him a shot, I guess. It's I'm, I'm very curious how he plays. Back stuff is never fun 
Uh, and as far as like, you know, getting a guy to sink, you know, cause he's such a big body and actually using his leverage cause it hurts. So I think guard might help him a little bit because now it's like, he can actually lean on guys and use his strength. So I, I don't hate it. I, I, that's pretty, it gives him a path to succeed that maybe that's my best way I can say it. <laughs> I want to ask you uh, before we let you go. I think we need to take advantage of the fact that you um, not only went and saw the the Vikings and and Packers, but also the Bears' Week One opponent in the Forty ers So maybe let's start there with the Forty ers actually, because um, we were talking up at, at, in the stands at practice about Trey Lance, and yeah. uh, we know how excited you are about Justin Fields and been on that bandwagon, but. What what did you see about the 49ers that stood out Trey Lance uh and and maybe as it pertains to um, you know the week 1 matchup in Chicago uh, The 49ers I'll start with their defense and it's a bunch of banshees so hold on to your hat uh, uh I would say as Bears fans especially against the that offensive line <laughs> so that there might be a lot of naked throws and bootlegs and a lot of get Justin out of the pocket and then keep him clean or try to uh, because Get out oh, of bounds. <laughs> they are fast it is a fast defense that thrives on playing fast like they that they pin their ears back on every play you can catch them but they say yeah if you're going to catch us we'll we have the speed to make up for it and we have this guy named fred warner who reads every play out like it's nothing um yeah they're they look good on defense on the offensive side their offensive line has question marks too like trent williams is an ace but the rest is even they have a first round pick at right tackle. He's not a world beater and their, their interior three, they've reshuffled it. They've had injuries. They, you know, they have some question marks on their offensive line that has been kind of underrated. It's an underrated issue. I think nationally right now, um, as far as their receivers, Debo's Debo, Brandon, Ayuk looks amazing. <laughs> George Kittle looks great. Uh, Eli Mitchell has been banged up. And I would say quarterback wise with Lance is, they are building him. They're saying that he's not going to be as efficient as Jimmy was. Like I, it's hard to. They are betting on rather than trying to string to string together a ten play perfect drive where Kyle Shanahan is using Jimmy like a joystick and they get eight yards of pop on the run. Let's just hit one forty yard bomb and make it a lot easier. That's really what they're doing. They say we can run the ball as much as we want. Let's have a guy that can create and is not scared to launch the ball. So they might have a lot of play. It's going to be, I think it's going to be games where they blow teams out of the water, but then there's games where Trey Lance throws two picks. He went 14 of 26, you know, and like, you know, but with with two picks and only one explosive throw, like there's going to be a lot of ups and a lot of downs. I think with that team, it's just that he's working on his accuracy and his mechanics. Like he has, doesn't have a lot of starts. It's just, it is what it is. And a lot, not a lot of starts under the lights. Um, so I think it's just going to be a growing process with him, but his ceiling is as high as it can be. It's just that he's going to have some, you know, some, uh, uh, learning, some learning lumps, I think this year, as far as what he can get away with at the NFL, but it, they're explosive now, which is kind of scary. How, how similar were like the drills, the individual drills that they were having Lance do as to post what gets he has for fields. And then like, even like what you saw in green Bay in Minnesota, I'm curious, just like the, the individual work, like how, was it, were they on the same yeah. page with some things? Yeah. I would say Packers and Bears were identical as far as the drills, which I, I thought was cool. Um, I would say 49ers was different. They have, uh, what's his face, the Michigan quarterback, um, Greasy, as the quarterback coach. So he was doing different stuff. I totally forgot that. Dude, yeah. same until I went there and I was like, oh, that's right. You're here. <laughs> and and that's an underrated thing with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's a receiver guy. He's an offensive guru and all this stuff, especially with the run game. 
he never really gets his sticks his nose into quarterback stuff. Like he's not like he never like he yes, he has an influence on the play, but it's not like he's in quarterback meetings going like running. There's a lot of offense coordinators out there that are also basically the de facto quarterback coach. And he's the offense, uh, you know, he's a head coach, but he's basically the offense coordinator as well. But it he lets individual drills. It's just greasy out there running his stuff. So his stuff was completely different than what I saw with the Packers and Vikings. Or I'm sorry, sorry, with the Packers and Bears. Vikings was kind of um, a little more old school with some of their stuff and some of their drills, but it was a lot of movement stuff, just the same. They were emphasizing when I was with the Vikings practice, which I think they'll just lean into this year as play action. They're going bombs away play action, which is a lot of fun. Um for for me as a neutral fan, <laughs> as an analyst of football, it, it's fun. Maybe not for Bears fans, Bears defense, but it's it's that was kind of interesting to me. Is their drill work was a little different, but some similarities. But I would say 49ers wasn't the same as Packers and Bears, but Packers and Bears was almost identical. Interesting. I know. Um, yeah, no, it's it's fun to see the flavors. Yeah. It, it really is because there's a couple of drills I've never seen until. Like so, the one drill. So when they get a, they run uh, with the running backs. Sorry, I have construction going on in my house. When they have, uh, like, they hand the ball off to a running back, and then another coach flips the quarterback the ball, and he works on a little naked yes. bootleg. Yes. That's new. That's and Lafleur said he stole it from his quarterback coach with the Titans. I'm blanking on his name, but Lafleur stole it, and then now Getsy has stolen it from Lafleur. That's new to me. I've never done that drill. I've seen it, but it's, it, that's a newer drill, and I only saw the Packers and the Bears doing it. So and. that's I'm that's interesting that you brought up that specific one because I noticed that early on in OTAs and I am certainly not at the level you are with like quarterback drills and stuff like that because I've never done them personally but I was looking at that like I've never seen that yeah and again I can't tell you Nate how many times I've just had these moments where I'm like what they're doing just makes sense like makes sense yes. but like you're stealing you're like getting two reps in one there. Yes. With the way you're doing that. Like I flip them it. an extra ball and carry out the boot even though you handed it off. You're you're stealing reps. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's making every – it's not wasting time. It, that's what it is. Because usually those drills, quarterback, running back handoffs, it's like for quarterbacks, it's just, all right, some footwork. Okay, hold up, fake, you know, all that. But, yeah, you're getting reps, especially how much movement stuff they do, how much bootleg stuff they do. Right. Might as well get another rep out of it with, that's not – we don't want to practice bootlegs with the tight ends and the receivers. We want to work on real routes. So it's, it's for the, it's, so yeah, you're kind of getting two and one there. So again, that's, it goes into the teaching that, I mean, I watched that drill and I was like, that's new. Got, go to the Packers practice and they're running it too. I asked LaFleur about it and he said, oh, I stole it from this guy in Tennessee. And I was like, that, that's a new one for me. So that's I, I, it's, it's a really, yeah, it's just a little stuff like that. Um, okay. Let's touch on the Packers real quick. And then I, yeah. I do want to hit you on the Vikings too, but um I guess a simple question, Packers, Devontae Adams isn't there anymore. A lot of the wide receivers are not. Are they still the same offense? Are they going to be fine? Uh, it's. I wish I had a good answer for that. It's <laughs> it, It's weird. I, I really feel like they're trying to win by 20 to 17. Like that's what they're mm-hmm. building their whole team around. Like just keep it close. And then when it comes to, when it gets tight, let number 12 be number 12. Um, that's what it, it's just strange because receiver wise, the, the standout player is Romeo. Uh, I always want to say Romeo Dobbs, but apparently it's Dobbs, how you pronounce it. I, yeah. I'm, I've heard three different pronunciation enunciations for it. So I'm just. I think it is Dobbs. Them. They threw the U in there just to confuse everybody. Yeah, just why not? You know, by a vowel. And so they went with Dobbs. He was a standout practice. Watch him in the preseason game. His head. Oh, my God. He was a deer in the headlights. And so it's, that's why you can never take too much from these practices and then you watch the game and it's like oh shit i have to remember i have to block this guy you could tell he was like trying to remember that stuff 
but he's still that's the fact that your fourth round rookie is your looks like your best receiver in practice though is a little iffy to me tight end wise they're they have a bunch of injuries uh, as far as tanyan and all that they're trying to figure that out the run game the offensive their offensive line's banged up too bakhtiari like he's not playing for at least first chunk of this year it looks like he's barely he's not even practicing he's rehabbing still you know so it's like they're not as sexy as maybe we would think i think they're gonna be more efficient and without those crazy explosive plays to Devonte adams so that's what's kind of i think they're really building around their defense and they're going to be more of an efficient really good run game let's have all our receivers be this one particular role hey you're the deep guy you're the intermediate guy lazard you're the in short the intermediate third down guy so not as sexy but more efficient which is kind of really interesting to see after the the guy that your quarterback just wins two mvps that you kind of like yeah let's change it up let's let's change the let's change our chemistry a little bit how about minnesota receiver is not an issue there no justin jefferson's <laughs> talking like he's become the next mvb candidate like yeah. cooper cup he, he loves the routes that cooper cup runs and well, he's watching a lot of cooper cup yep What's the vibe up there? Is eight just going to be number eight for, for them to, to use your phrasing? Right. It, it looks it looks like a Rams offense with golf in it, like in that 2018, 2019 Rams where it was run, 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 play action. Boom. Here's a 20 yard shot. Hurry up. And it like same personnel in every snap. Like, I think that's what they're really leaning into. Thielen, I think, is going to have another nice year. And it looks like they really like him. Like Thielen to them, I think, is their their Robert Woods. And Jefferson's their cup. They both can block. They're both okay as jet sweep guys. They were running that with them, just like those old Rams teams with Cup and Woods. And then they're doing the blocking stuff. And then they do play action. They were emphasizing overs and deep corners and posts. Kirk Cousins, for all of his blemishes, is a monster in play action. I think he was, I looked it up, his EPA per numbers, he's sixth uh, on, on play action. And he's just good at it. So I think they're kind of going like, well, if he's good at it, why are we running all this quick game like the Kubiaks were? Like, let's just lean into this. Like, let's just launch it. And so it was their offense looked looked kind of fun. Uh, I was kind of I was pleasantly surprised by watching it. And it's not last year's Rams offense where Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, came from was they went empty shotgun, spread it out. We're chipping, and then we're letting Mah- uh, we're letting Stafford run seven step dropbacks. We're launching the ball down. We're hitting digs overs these deep routes but it was all drop back now i think they're they have they have cousins who's good with the play action stuff so now they're going back to what golf ran with them which is under center stuff so it's kind of like a fun little kind of like reverting back to the original rams kind of stuff um but and then defensively their defensive backfield looks really good every, every front seven is kind of hit and miss not a lot of depth there but I, I really like the back end for them which i think is gonna be really cool with like kind of young and old guys but yeah, the Vikings were interesting. Their their offense is a lot more sexy than I thought maybe going in. All right, so you saying that the back end on the defense looks good has me thinking that so this is a recent thought of mine that I've been workshopping the last week or so. Yeah. I'm kind of I kind of am starting to think the Vikings are one of my sleeper teams. I I don't hate it. I well, really don't. NFC's wide open. It's So we we know Ed Donatel well because he yeah. was in Chicago. That's right. And and honest to God, he is responsible for a lot of Eddie Jackson's success in 2018 um, for what they did with Kyle Fuller, who people yep. forget his career at the beginning yep. was headed the wrong way. And like the rejuvenation year. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and they'll tell you like a lot of that was Donatel's work in the secondary. And so I know this is like a 
bigger spot. He's defense coordinator coordinator now. He's got to call the plays. He wasn't doing that under Fangio, but I just think it's a good fit for what that defense needed. The players they still had, and but it clearly needed to be retooled. Zimmer mm-hmm. stuff was wearing off. I don't know. I could just see this, even if it ends up just being like sort of a flash in the pan for a year or so. Like this just seems like a team that was ripe for new concepts on both sides to kind of revamp what they have. And meanwhile, there's still some dudes on that team. I know it's when you go to that's what going to these practices, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's on that team. Yeah. Oh yeah, this guy's here. Like even for me, I'm like, oh yeah, the guy that they paid a whole bunch of money for, you know, Daniil Hunter. Like, yeah. Yeah, you forget about Daniel Hunter. Like, <laughs> like I talked about him like six months ago, and I forget that he's still, you know, because they just leave your 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 brain. Um, but the back end, like, I, I could already see Cameron Dan- Cam Dantzler, who was their third round pick two years ago. He was a standout in practice, like he was locked down, and that's where I could see the coaching helping him. Like I could tell, it's kind of it takes some of these guys longer. It takes like, one coach to tell them one line that clicks in their brain. And I thought he was a guy you, know, you could see the kind of fruits of their labor as far as coaching and stuff. Lewis Seen, their their first round pick out of Georgia, super cerebral. He was the real leader of that Georgia defense, that historic Georgia defense. He's the IQ guy, and it's once you it's kind of cool because he's their backup at this point in time. But wouldn't be learning that really smart guy learning from Harrison Smith be a really fun like? Wouldn't you want mm-hmm. to transition with that? Uh, I don't know. And even their other corner, Andrew Booth, they took in the second round. He fell because of medical stuff, um, but he's learning under Patrick Peterson. You know, it's kind of, I loved, it was kind of a cool, even in my article, the observations article, is, I was kind of breaking it down. It's like, they have a young guy and an old guy, and, but the old guy's not like garbage. Like he's still like a solid starter, but then they have these young guys that are interesting. So I think that's, they're going to be built from the top down, which I think is really cool. And I think that's how a lot of modern defenses are. You need smart safeties and they're trying to get as many as they can. You heard it here first. You have two Badgers right. picking the Minnesota Vikings to win in the NFC North. This <laughs> <laughs> Go all that far with it. Don't tempt me. I'm it's crossed my mind a little bit. It's, it's crossed my mind. They're a little more they're yeah, they're a little more intriguing than I think I even given them credit for. Yeah. yeah. All right, is Graham Mertz uh, gonna win the Heisman or not? I no. <laughs> 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 no, that was that's a whole different story. I'll, I'll talk about the Wisconsin D. The offensive line could look good. <laughs> oh, shocker. <laughs> oh, shocker. Yeah. Shocker, yeah. right? Braylon yeah. Allen looked pretty good. You know, he, he, looked, he looked pretty solid. Defense looked good. Uh, that's all. Oh, dude, I will say they have a transfer. And I'm blanking on his name right now. A receiver from UCLA. Kids originally from East St. Louis, but he went to UCLA his freshman year. And he was just – I went to their first padded practice – or two padded practices, I should say. Dude, that's a different type of twitch than Wisconsin usually gets. Uh, I think he's number oh. three. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So take, keep a, keep an eye on him. That, that guy was a standout player when I was at practice. I was, and I asked Keontes Lewis. Yes. I like yes. it. Yes. I, I right. Yeah. So keep an eye on him. All right. So basically, Wisconsin's the same team they always are. Always. Like yeah. Always, it's yeah, it's death taxes and Wisconsin going nine and four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nate, really good stuff. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for spending so much time with us today, too. I know our listeners really appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll catch up with you at some point. When we have real games to talk about. I can't wait. See you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nate. All right, John Z, uh, enjoy that conversation as always. A lot of good insight, not only on the Bears, but. Um, you know, a lot of the other teams, the Bears play, who happen to be pretty good. I, I find the stuff that 
he went to all teams that, that are from that Shanahan tree, that McVeigh yeah. Shanahan tree. I find it pretty interesting to hear what he had to say about the similarities. Yes, there's obviously some differences, but the things that are being implemented offensively, not only like schematically, but with cadences and the drills they're running. It's fascinating stuff, compelling stuff. And I liked, you know, his optimism. I think it, I think I would recall it cautious optimism. And it might not be stuff that like show, it might not show up right away. You know, like the Bears might not just beat the 49ers in week one, but you could tell as you and I were actually standing there with him at practice, like he kept saying things that were just like, it's very interesting they're doing that. Like it's encouraging to me that they're focusing on this. I like the way they're constructing practice. I like that he was there that day that they did the scout team stuff because we all looked at each other like, I was like, Nate, have you ever seen that? And you're like, no, because we've only seen Bears practices over the years. You know, I didn't like. Have you ever seen that on other teams? And well, this that know. early that at that point that early in camp it was like day four or five yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, what struck me or stuck with me, I should say, because it's similar to our conversations with the writers for the the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chargers. The receiver question marks are kind of. Prevalent, are, are they not? I mean, now they exist in Green Bay. They still exist here outside of Darnell Mooney. But you, you heard different things about the Vikings and different things about the 49ers. Yes. And those are questions at receiver. And I think those questions will stick here with the Bears until maybe Valus Jones Jr. does something or they draft somebody next year or sign somebody next year. And that real help for that quarterback in Justin Fields comes. Yeah, I uh they they Is it okay for me to though be um Remember, I'm the guy that likes to complain about all the receivers. <laughs> I feel like Tajay Sharp would have been the Bears third best wide receiver last year. I don't know it's not saying much, but like, let's not forget this guy can he's played. He's he's got over a hundred NFL receptions. He's caught touchdowns in the NFL. Like he's he's actually one of the more experienced guys in the room. So if there was somebody in that preseason game you were trying to look at to make some plays like that for the young quarterback, I think that that was encouraging. I think that that was encouraging. Now he hasn't practiced the last couple of days, so I don't know what that means. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this. To be fair, Nate mentioned him, Byron Pringle. He was having some very good practices before this injury showed up. We know the Bears really like what he could do as their slot receiver, and that's an important part of the, the Getsy operation of this offense that they want to run. And they just have guys kind of filling in that role right now. So let's see what they could do when Pringle, who likes Sharp, has had some level of success in this league. He's caught first downs. He's caught touchdowns. He's been, been productive in key moments. I'm trying to give the Bears the benefit of the doubt here in terms of their skill positions and their vision for Pringle and using him correctly in this offense. Look, everyone knows how much I complained about the wide receivers last year, and that started this time. 
like in camp, I was just never high on that unit. And this has come to maybe my it's just a product of my own low expectations, but this has been a little bit more encouraging than I expected, if I'm being honest. So we still got some week. Check back with me in a couple weeks, but there's a chance that the Bears go into the regular season with me feeling like they actually upgraded, that they actually have a better unit overall. That's, that might sound crazy, but again, I'm not saying that right now. But I am, I'm starting to feel that way a little bit. It might help to run more routes than five to seven yard hitches. Well, and that's the other side of it, like. The actual they schematics. Should, regardless, they should be more productive whether they're better or not based on just the scheme. So you hope. That's the plan. Yeah. It's the Bears' plan. You hope. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. At least they have a plan. Here's another plan they have that I like. Okay? Getting back to some of the stuff we talked with Nate. Like just common sense coaching. Things that make sense. You look at the depth chart. You, you know, you pull out your depth chart and you're like... All right, guys, where do we... This is a roster, but we're going to pretend it's a chart. Where do we suck right now? Oh, we still have a right guard problem. Okay, we have this player, Tevin Jenkins. We couldn't play him at left tackle. Now he's kind of buried at right tackle. I don't really know that he has a path to play there. Why don't we try him at right guard? That makes sense, right? Kind of a mauler, as Nate said. Got those shorter arms that weren't really ideal for tackle. I'm not why saying not? it's going to work, but yeah, why not? I mean, if you're, if the outcome of all this, whether it's sooner or later, turns out you trade them or cut them, wouldn't you rather see if he can play right guard before you did that? Because wouldn't it suck if he landed somewhere else, got that opportunity to play guard, and then it turned out to be pretty decent? Which, oh, by the way, has happened to the Bears a few times with linemen who go on to have like eight-year career somewhere else. Yes. You know, again, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. It is towards the top of my list, though, of things I will be watching very closely in Seattle. I think it's a great opportunity for Tevin. I think it's kind of a cool story how he's bounced back from two weeks ago, you know, being talked about as being a trade guy. There, I don't. I still don't think the Bears helped him out. I think a trade they could guy. <laughs> A trade guy. <laughs> he was a trade guy. He was a trade guy. Now he's a right guard. It's I'd rather be a right guard than a trade guy. It's just it's always a reminder a reminder to me of just how day to day like the news process is for like NFL training camps and how quickly things shift within a yes. day or, or like two days. Like he was a trade guy. <laughs> now he's a starting right guard guy for the Chicago Bears. That is a significant turnaround from where his story, where his narrative was a couple weeks ago. Not even a week ago, like 10 days ago. Hey, the NFL Network has traded a couple Bears players this year. They have. They're, like, they're up to two and a half. All three of which still on the Bears roster, by the way. That is true. Might change, true. but as of right now, Robert Quinn, Tevin Jenkins... Roquan Smith, Roquan all Bears. Smith. All Roquan Bears. Smith won't play. He'll be there. Won't play. Robert Quinn, maybe a snap. But Tevin Jenkins, in terms of players to watch, your storylines to watch, 20-plus snaps I bet he gets against the Seahawks. 
Needs work there. If, if he's going to try at right guard, might as well give him a bunch of work at right guard. Wouldn't that be a Wouldn't that be a crazy story? If after all, at the end of all of this, the guy ends up being your week one starter at right guard, and is very good at it and loves it. Right? That might sound too optimistic, but the guy was a late first round, second round graded player. Yes, he had back issues. But the talent, the tenacity, I like the tenacity. I like the anger there at right guard. Yeah. Did Tevin talk? I, I, obviously, I wasn't there in the locker room. Did he talk to a lot of the reporters after the game? I talked to him for a couple of minutes. Okay. Did he, he mention seen, to you his back too? No, he did not. So I, I thought this was interesting. He kind of unprompted mentioned his trusting his back was how he put it to Nicholas Moriano. And I thought that that was a very interesting, just a very interesting comment. Just being like, yeah, it was good to get out there and getting back to trust, you know, trusting my back. I, 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 I read it as an admission that that's what was bothering him again. Yes. And that it's still kind of an issue that he has to trust it. This is, I just thought that that was interesting. Well, I think it helps when you bury a guy and his helmet pops off. Yeah, that's nice. That's got to be a good feeling. He said that was. Yeah. Good start. Um, all right. Anything else? We'll be back on Friday, Friday morning. Yeah. Full breakdown. Nate and I talking about the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, no. Okay. Just. No. Uh, probably not. Tevin Jenkins again and Justin Fields. We'll give you the review on <laughs> everything. So um, it'll be kind of be like a post game episode, but we're going to do it early Friday morning. So you can look out for Friday morning. We will recap whatever happens in Seattle. The lack of plays for the starters. I just, I Tevin needs to play a lot. Larry Borm needs to play a lot to me. I thought Larry Borm played well. Yeah. I, I still see a scenario. What if those are the, the that's what if that's the right side of your offensive line? An offensive line of Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair. Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins, and Larry Borm. Yeah. I think internally at House Hall, they would be enthralled with that because that would have been earned. Well, and then you also have guys like Schofield and Reef that you feel pretty good about having backups. They're veterans who've been in the league, and if you have to throw those guys in in a pinch, you're going to feel good about that. Sam Mustaford Center as well. Those are your three reserves. Maybe you keep one of the rookies as your ninth. Everyone else goes to the practice squad. Boom. Who needs the rest of the preseason? John's just figured it out. There it is. Yeah. Let's get those guys out there on the O-line. Let's pound the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. There you All go. Right? Just like that. Hey, speaking of that, that's from Hard Knocks. Um, Hard Knocks tonight. I'm excited. The Dan Campbell Show. I have not seen one episode. Come on, you got well. There's only been one. <laughs> Just freaking watch it. Okay. Anyway, uh, who cares? Exactly, Bob. <laughs> oh my God, you're missing out. I'm telling you, it's the Lions. This is the most entertaining the Lions have ever been. All right, but well, let me amend that. Since Barry Sanders retired, this is <laughs> this is the most. I mean, ex- Calvin Johnson, Megatron. 
I and I and look, I love Megatron, but he wasn't. He was one guy who would touch the ball ten times a game. Okay, Bar- at least when they had Barry, like Barry Sanders was. Awesome. Johnson, did he almost like have two hundred receptions in a year or two thousand receiving? Yards? I'm not debating. He's an amazing player. He just he plays wide receiver. Barry Sanders could get the ball thirty times a game. Okay, and even that it was a one man show. And yes, Hard Knocks is a little bit of a one man show right now. Jared Goff isn't exactly the most exciting man in the world, but Dan Campbell is. And he will bite your kneecaps. Right off. Right off. There you go. All right, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Get that Bears Things newsletter tomorrow morning, allchgo.com to go sign up. Johns, he's on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, which is also where you can go read Nate's uh, piece on his uh, little training camp tour he did through the NFC North. So check that out as well. All right. Friday morning, Bears, Seahawks. Who the hell plays quarterbacks for the Seahawks now? Drew Locke? Geno Smith? Exciting <laughs> stuff, guys. Exciting. See ya. New Year, same old f***ing bears.